Homestyle Green, episode 105. What is a blower door and why would you want to use one? G'day and welcome back to another episode of Homestyle Green. This is the podcast all about inspiring people to make a better place to live. And last week I mentioned that we had a new sponsorship for the show, which was Proclaimer. And this week I've got Thomas Van Ramsdonk, who's the general manager of Proclaimer in Australia and New Zealand. And he's joining us to talk about blower doors. Now, one of the things that Thomas is fantastic with is educating the market, educating building professionals, designers, architects, um, and builders as well. And he's he's so not pushy uh, of the ProClima products, almost to the point where uh, people like me want to talk about them on his behalf. And I really like the way that he is passionate about improving building performance uh, around the world, really, but also bringing some of the learning from Europe and trying to advance and close that 20-year gap, really, between building technology in Europe and uh, parts of Australasia. Because there's no reason for us to be lagging that far behind. Uh, and Thomas is all about educating people to to try and close that gap and and uh, probably inspire people about the benefits of, of just basic things like air tightness. So we're not going to cover air tightness in this episode because I'm kind of starting from the point of assuming that air tightness is a good thing. And if you don't agree with that, then maybe go back and have a listen to some of the other episodes where we have discussed that. We're going to get stuck in this week to blower door testing, uh, what a blower door is and what it's all about. So thank you very much to Proclaimer. You can check them out at Proclaimer. That's P-R-O-C-L-I-M-A.co.nz or .com.au for the Australian website or even just .com for their global operations. And also thanks, of course, to Nadura, who continue to sponsor the show and have been fantastic supporters of Homestyle Green for some time now. And they are also very worthy of checking out if you're looking at doing a new design or uh, even a renovation and perhaps if you're adding, adding some rooms onto your house, then check out Nadura as well. All right, let's get stuck into this week's podcast episode, an interview all about blower doors. Thank you uh, very much, Thomas, for joining us. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. You've actually been on the show in a small segment early on. I can't remember the episode number, but I, I um, cornered you at a home show down in Christchurch maybe uh, probably about 18 months ago. Oh, yes, at the uh, Christchurch version yeah, of yeah. Built NZ. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I have been meaning to get you on the show to do a dedicated uh, podcast. And um, fantastic that um, we'll probably do a series of these to deep dive into some of the, the technical issues around things like uh, air tightness and um, moisture control in buildings. So fantastic to have mm-hmm. you on uh, on the show. Can you start out, Thomas, by just giving us a, a quick rundown on how you got into doing all this stuff? <laughs> I think it all started off with playing with Lego blocks. Nice. Um, I think there's a lot of people who ended up in engineering who were on an early, from an early stage on really sort of interested in construction. And uh, yeah, I, I somehow was always interested in, in making things and spotting around, along and uh, somehow I ended up actually doing apprenticeship as a joiner for three years in Germany yep. uh, after school and uh, my social work that I had to do. 
and then from there I just fell in love with wood and then I just moved on to study timber engineering and uh, building science that sort of goes quite hand in hand at the university that I went to. And that building science is a is a is a sort of well established area of study. Uh, absolutely. I mean if I look at um, sort of international how the architectural community and the structure community work together. We see, so for example, I, I finished my degree in Germany and then as part of the degree, I had to do an internship. Uh, um, it's like an engineering internship for six months. And I actually ended up at, in Japan working for a housing company. And the three people working together was normally an architect who had sort of the interaction with the client and um, also designing something that people really wanted to live in. And then we had a structural engineer making sure the whole thing wasn't falling over. And from my end on the building physics side, I was actually looking at building performance um, and in the end actually specifying products. So we had a really good team working together. Right. Why why Japan? (laughs) Natural natural progression from Germany to Japan. Uh, Yeah, I was – people like – the friends I studied with, they were looking at me and like, what's wrong with that guy going all the way to um, Eastern Asia? And there was really a coincidence. I, through a friend of mine, I actually had a place for myself or a practical internship um, organized at Vienna, Technical Vienna University. And uh, Professor Winter there is actually quite well known. And um, so I went over there, had this one-day introduction to the Technical University and we were attending a presentation and I was sitting in a room with about maybe 15, 16 other people and uh, no offense, I can't even remember the person who was presenting. It was one of the worst presentations I ever attended. Uh, it's one of those you <laughs> you say, you actually feel the pain. Yeah. <laughs> and there was this person sitting next to me, looked to me somewhere, Chinese, Asian somehow and we started sort of looking at each other and then we sort of looked and oh, it's pretty bad. Is it? Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, he said, well, can we just maybe have another chat around lunchtime? So uh, we started talking at lunchtime about yeah, bits and pieces and he was asking me why I was there and so I explained about the internship and then he said, oh, why don't you come to Tokyo, to Tokyo University? Um, I'm Professor Ando and I have my own institute and uh, why don't you just come along? Wow. <laughs> so. Yeah, just like that. And um, I tagged along uh, for the day and we continued talking. And in the end, I noticed that the Austrian host, um, um, yeah, I mean, you might know about the special relationships between Germans and Austrians anyway, mm-hmm. but uh, the Austrians got a bit, um, yeah, we're not particularly pleased about this German student um, coming along and uh, was actually organized by Holzforschung Austria, which is a very proactive, very great organization in Austria promoting uh, timber. Uh, timber structures and uh, by the end of the day I turned out or it turned out that Professor Under was actually a guest of honor of Volksforschung Austria right. but he spent more time talking to me and uh, we're having discussions about Austrian desserts and, as you do, uh, as you do. and uh, in, at the end of the day um, I went back uh, to Germany and he went back to Japan and I think there must have been around I think it was around March, April and I was due to start the following February. So nothing happened. And then at some point in November, I got an email from Professor Under asking, oh, when are you coming? And I said, mm, I actually I signed up with uh, Austria, with Vienna. And then I 
uh, yeah, I just basically organized a replacement for myself in uh, Vienna and I booked a one-way ticket to Tokyo on the 31st of January and yeah, so I was there in Japan. <laughs> and never looked back. And never looked back. I didn't have a contract, no visa, no nothing. Um, and I still remember arriving, there's a train service from uh, Narita Airport to Ueno Station and I was coming down the escalator, literally standing out with my size yeah. as, a, as a foreigner. And there was this uh, Japanese guy with a massive billboard with a photo of me on it uh, trying to uh, spot me. <laughs> it was a very embarrassing moment. But, uh, yeah, that's how Japan started. And then from there, just um, continued. I met a lovely New Zealand lady and the rest is history, really. And ended up uh, in New Zealand now as general manager for Proclima. New Zealand and Australia? That's correct, yep. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to get into Bloedels. That's what we want to talk about. But mm-hmm. with that experience, your background, obviously, in Germany, uh, growing up there and also training there, and then also seeing housing and building practices in Asia, mm-hmm. what's your brief summary of the status of New Zealand and Australian, uh, particularly residential construction? Mm. I think we're in an unfortunate situation whereby we are starting to repeat the same mistakes as we did in the 80s and also in the 90s in Asia and in North America. Uh-huh. Uh, and North America might run under the condo crises or whatever you might want to call it. And if you look at the reports that were published, you go through page by page and that's sort of like, oh, that's what New Zealand has been doing in terms of the leaky building. And that's what we're creating at the moment. So in terms of building performance, we have two issues. We have the existing housing stock, which is substandard, which everyone knows, of course. Yeah. But also uh, new builds are not quite to an international high-performance standard. And there's a few reasons for it. And one of the reasons is also that often we see dramatic change, like, for example, in Ireland, also now in the UK, uh, by legislation driving change in terms of higher minimum requirements. And I think in New Zealand, we are in terms of performance, the New Zealand Building Code is maybe about 20 to 30 years behind international best practice. Yeah. So that's the context of the discussion. And we, we've covered air tightness. Uh, it's kind of, it just keeps popping up on the show. I, I, I didn't mm. plan for that to happen, but it definitely does keep popping up along with Passive House. Mm. So we won't spend too much time and we'll just jump into the assumption that we, we know for now that air tightness is worthy of measuring. Mm-hmm. So for those that have never seen a blower door, what exactly is it? Uh, I think the term blower door describes what it is. It's, it's a big yeah. blower, a big fan that you install into a door. Although I have to say that historically, or the first few blower door types of big fans that were developed were actually installed into windows. And when I was in Japan working for the housing company, I also did my pressure tests uh, with a blower window. Right. And it looks a bit of like a, like the window units were like a, kind of looked like a jet engine <laughs> strapped to, to a window opening and uh, quite powerful units. I mean, not like a jet engine, but uh, I mean, we really need to create a lot of pressure difference between inside and outside. But in terms of what a blower door actually is in principle, it's really, it has three parts. So one is uh, the fan that creates either lower pressure or high pressure inside the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, pressurizers or depressurizers really more. Then we have a gauge that reach the pressure differences 
and normally you have a panel that uh, sort of goes in to separate the fan from or where the fan is installed, so you separate indoor and outdoors. Right. So the, they're the three parts, the fan, the gauge, and the... And the panel. So it could panel. be either a, a panel for a door, hence blow a door, or a panel for a window. Yep. That's sort of quite standard. The interesting thing is that um, the the blower door in terms of its origin and where it's coming from, the driver, it really goes back to uh, the 70s. And interesting enough, there was a guy in uh, Sweden, uh, Blomsterberg, Arke Blomsterberg, and he actually started doing some research in uh, Sweden about uh, air infiltration. So, you know, making sure that we don't have a lot of um, energy being lost through the building envelope. Yeah. And also a guy called Harold Orr um, in Canada. So they also started around 1977 uh, with, sort of with their um, blower door units. And if you look at some of the early models, they look like um, so you have like a compressed air uh, cylinder and gauges. And uh, I think you need about two or three people just to move the unit around. Mm-hmm. It's um, Maybe we can post some photos. Yeah, definitely. Quite, definitely. Quite we'll put some links up. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then what actually happened was that uh, we had um, Blomsterberg and Harje moving to Princeton University in New Jersey. Yeah. And in New Jersey, they were just um, there was a I think a project called Twin Rivers, where there it's like a housing development, where they were looking at um, maybe how can they improve the performance and and fix air leakages, and that's where the blower door really developed uh, from there. And there's some some really interesting publications still available. I just as preparation for for a little interview here, I pulled out another document that they published in ninety uh, was ninety seven. Uh, it's just phenomenal reading for it. I mean, they were pretty bang on onto what we're doing these days. It's just the hardware is more sophisticated and also the software. So the the principle is, and you've kind of hinted it there, that there was a big driver for increasing performance and a recognition that air tightness was a good determinant of uh, performance because of heat loss and um, that heat being lost through air movement through the the building envelope. So is that is that kind of the the why you'd want to stick a big fan on the door? Um, yeah, it's a bit more complex in a way that uh, with blower door or with the air tightness measurement um, of the – what we're really trying to do is to determine the air tightness or how well the air tightness layer of the actual building envelope is performing mm-hmm. because it's all about conservation of energy. And, I mean, if you look at, I guess, your audience, especially people who want to uh, build houses, they want to have an energy-efficient, healthy, comfortable and investment protected or no leaky building mm-hmm. and uh, one of the easiest way of losing energy is basically by have, having a lot of draft so if you can look outside that means that your energy your warm air that you paid for is escaping uh, immediately and to, to give you some context with the blow door we i'll come back to it maybe a little later we get a test result and uh, like Modern buildings these days are only maybe 10 to 15% as drafty as maybe houses that were still built in the 70s and 80s. So we've come a long way uh, to reduce the uncontrolled air movement around the building envelope. Yeah. Uh, and the air tightness has, has two key components, one or two, two main things. One is to 
ensure that the insulation that's actually installed into your building envelope can perform because if you have fibrous insulation, the principle of uh, still air or the principle of insulation is actually the still air between the fibers. It's not the fibers. Yeah. You can imagine if you have a lot of uh, uncontrolled air movement through the insulation fibers, then your R value basically disappears. It's like putting out a woolen jersey on a windy day. It's not really – the wind yes. just blows straight through it. Yes, and what we tend to do now these days, we use high-performance outdoor jackets to ensure that we are wind – or they might be called wind stoppers. Yeah. But effectively what we're creating is air tightness. And yeah. the other um, topic that we can maybe pick up on another episode is about the moisture migration. So moisture moves normally in two ways. One is through diffusion. That's the moisture migration through the actual building materials. And the other one is convection. So an airflow, you have uh, warm air with higher moisture content or higher moisture content, finding its way through all the imperfections of the uh, it, uh, of the um, internal lining. You know, it could be light switches, power plugs, plasterboard, risen off plasterboard uh, off the ground, or you can have some form of timber sarking type thing. And then with this warm air with high moisture content getting into your construction, you actually get interstitial condensation. If you get to appropriate conditions, so there's quite a bit more to it. But the original uh, idea of the blower door testing was really to find out how drafty is actually a building and how you identify or we, that you can identify the drafts where they're located, and then they, you can actually deal with it. So the original um, report that the, the guys did from Princeton for the Twin Rivers was really about how can they find and fix air leakages in homes. That was the main thing. In existing homes or in new construction? Both. I mean, and this was uh, really what they did was look into an existing um, project, but then also uh, out of the research they were doing, um, identifying those obvious leaks like around windows and door openings, for example, to then come up with recommendations of uh, how to do it better. Right. That's sort of uh, where it came from. So are there any houses that shouldn't get a blower door test? Um, no, it should be mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> and in and a lot of places it is, right? Uh, yeah, it is becoming it is part of, Yeah, and I think that's sort of coming back to what we just talked about, the performance um, or the performance comparison of um, houses in New Zealand to maybe international best standard is that in, in the New Zealand building code on the H1, I think, 3.3, so the energy efficiency part of the New Zealand building uh, code, it actually requires to take air tightness of the building envelope into consideration. It's yep. kind of like a mandatory requirement really for a designer or architect. But because we don't have any verification method uh, stated under H1, therefore people are assuming or guessing or actually ignoring this clause outright. And if you look at building legislation in other OECD countries, uh, it normally stipulates a maximum uh, draftiness or uncontrolled air movement through the building envelope. And yeah. then, of course, uh, you picked it up on passive house and we have sort of the, one of the extreme measures with passive house where you basically are close to no uncontrolled air movement through the building envelope anymore. Yeah. So given what we what you mentioned a, a few moments ago that air tightness has increased mm -hmm. uh, over the last 20 years and we, we Houses are much less drafty than they used to be. Mm -hmm. You could argue that our code maybe doesn't need to uh, stipulate a measure because the industry's improved generally tightness. Um, 
Yes and no. It really depends on what performance outcome you would like to achieve. So just to give you some ideas, um, when we normally do a blower door test, we start off with sucking air out of the building through right. the fan and we're creating pressure difference between inside and outside to overcome stack effect that you would have on maybe two or three-story buildings and also to overcome um, wind forces that are like wind pressure that's already on the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't go into the details of the actual testing, but we go up to maybe sometimes 60, 65 pascal pressure difference between inside and outside, and that's uh, quite high. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we measure at different points, and what we basically find out is at, at uh, we get a normally for residential construction you find an N fifty fifty because of fifty pascal pressure difference between inside and outside, and then we uh, find out what the airflow is, the volume that we're pulling through the fan at tw- at fifty pascal pressure difference between inside and outside. And what we then do, we divide this air volume we're pulling through the fan by the net volume of the building, and that gives us a single figure rating in air changes per hour, one per hour. And basically what it describes is how often under 50 pascal pressure difference we replace the entire inner volume. So coming back to some figures, if you look at New Zealand construction, maybe sort of around the 1920s, so you have uh, a villa, uh, floorboards, sash, windows, um, you're talking 25 air changes per hour. That means that under 50 pascal, um, the entire volume is exchanged 25 times over per one hour. Uh, and uh, I mean, often when we get clients asking if we can test a um, villa yeah. built in 1920s, um, I wouldn't actually recommend to run the blow door test because if it's 20 or 25 or even 30, uh, it doesn't really make a difference because it's so drafty. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really make sense to heat the building. And you so, struggle to get get up to that 50 pascal difference when you. Oh, that. we have some we have some very grunty fans. Right. <laughs> right. I have to say that uh, not in New Zealand, but in Australia, actually, just outside of Melbourne and Victoria, I was doing some work, and there was one new build, uh, quite large building, I have to say, and I had a multi fan unit running, and I was not able to get up to 40 pascal. So um, that was a building five years old in Australia. Wow. So yeah, there's, there's, a few, there's another topic for us. I like, I like knowing that we're not alone. Uh, I have to say in, to some degree in New Zealand, because of the leaky building crisis, we're actually five years ahead of Australia. Ah, interesting. Uh, so that's, yeah, it's very interesting uh, to see. Yeah. But coming back, so 1920s buildings, you find 20 to 25, maybe 30 air changes per hour. Then you sort of drop down to the 15 air changes per hour mark and then – so in the 70s and 80s when sheeting material was introduced like particle board uh, products or plywood sheets and also aluminium joinery came in. That's by default mm. made things more airtight and then we started dropping to about 10 maybe. Uh, and these days if you design and build a house based on minimum requirements of the New Zealand Building Code, you, it's completely random because you don't know what outcome it will be. It depends on what type of materials are used, uh, the workmanship, um, the performance of individual windows and doors. So there's a, a huge variety. And right. in my own experience conducting several hundred blow door tests uh, in New Zealand, I can definitely state that new builds designed and built today are between five and ten air changes per hour. Right. Under 50 pascal. So that's very important to understand. This is just the uh, pressure um, testing uh, result at 50 pascal. If you want to have a better performing building, so you know we talked about passive hours going to 
ear changes per hour. So basically no uncontrolled ear movement or drafts. You really need to follow three key things in ear tightness. The first one, you need to design for it. That means that on a planning stage, uh, all the detailing needs to be done properly. Yeah. The second thing is you need to verify that the ear tightness layer, whatever it might be, uh, is installed correctly. Yeah. yeah. And um, and then the, the third thing is that – sorry. That, sorry. The first thing is that it needs to be designed properly. The second one, it needs to be installed. And the third one is it needs to be verified. So uh, these three things need to go hand in hand. And it's, the, it's the, the verification where the blow door comes in, is it, to, to check yeah. the quality of – of the installation of the, the tightness layer. Yeah. The previous two steps, yeah, yes. Yeah, because yeah. sometimes, I mean, we made huge mistakes in Europe, also in Germany in the 80s, whereby we designed it right, installed it wrong, not, not tested, and you don't get the performance, or mm-hmm. you design, didn't design it properly. The poor uh, tradespeople builders on site were trying to make it work, and you test, and it didn't work out because mm. it was just not possible, really, and... I see also in New Zealand, similar to what we've seen in Ireland, it was interesting listening to your um, previous uh, um, podcast with Derek. Ireland has come a long, long way in the last 10 years and they have one of the, I think, strictest requirements in the standard building code uh, performance requirements in the world. So um, blower door testing is basically mandatory now. Even up there with Germany? Uh, I have to say they're even better. Really? Because <laughs> you also get an island from what I know now, an energy pass for every building. Wow. So there's, there's quite a few things that we have seen, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we see something like the blower door as part of the uh, – or as like a verification method um, um, as a verification method under H133 for air tightness. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to get there, and, and – um... We've got a lot of listeners in America, and and that happens in various states across uh, America, North America mm-hmm. as well, where that is, if not a requirement, uh, then a pretty well-established industry and a performance measure. Mm-hmm. What do you think it – I mean, what? how many blow door tests get done around Australia and New Zealand at the, at the moment? It's uh... – I think we need to to distinguish between residential testing, which is predominantly around energy efficiency. Yeah. And now getting into passive house and all these things. But that might be, um, I mean, we are aware of about 35 residential blower door testers in New Zealand. And they would be doing maybe one or two average a week. Yeah, okay. so so it's quite a bit actually compared to maybe four or five years ago. Yeah, uh, similar to Australia. Um, I mean, there's of course um, you put a zero behind it. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it gives you like the quantities in Australia for residential. Commercial is a completely different uh, situation, and we have a very interesting uh, thing happening at the moment, whereby there's a joint Australian and New Zealand standard for uh, what's called room integrity testing. So you imagine if you have a server room with a fire suppressing system installed. Yeah. And uh, in the good old days, what we would normally do is just open up the valves and then measure the um, gas concentration at a certain period. Uh, and that was neither healthy for the tester nor for the environment. So yeah. uh, there's a new standard, a joint New Zealand-Australian standard, whereby we actually uh, pressure test those rooms. Right. And uh, this is in Australia, it's mandatory. So every single room with a suppressing, gas suppressing system has to be tested annually. 
It's a huge, oh, wow. it's a massive market. Yeah. And it's we're struggling at the moment to uh, train enough um, t- uh, um, what, testers in, in Australia. And in New Zealand, it's still voluntary. But we see now that the large insurance companies are actually putting pressure onto the building owners yeah. or the users of these rooms. Because you can imagine if you have a server room, you have three, four, five million dollar worth of equipment in this room. And just conducting a test that takes about maybe two and a half hours and it might be maybe about fifteen to fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars a year is not a lot of money. Uh, yeah, yeah, because uh, yeah, when things go wrong, you want to make sure that, that the system's actually working. That's interesting, and so that might be a way that blow doors blow doors get seen by more people, and it becomes a more recognised uh, method of, of verification. Mm-hmm. In general performance, if it's, if not sort of by a sideways path, mm-hmm. uh, courtesy of insurance companies. Yeah, we also see um, a huge, actually a very positive influence on TV programs. And one of the interesting experiences that we had through our colleagues in the UK was uh, definitely through Grand Designs. Mm-hmm. Um, these days, um, you you don't really see a Grand Designs episode when they talk about energy efficiency without the blower door. Yeah, right. And uh, we noticed when the UK version is aired in New Zealand, we get a lot of calls the following day. Is that day. right? <laughs> yeah. But is I think – one of those? Yeah, they, they just say, oh, I've seen, seen your machine on telly. And it's like, mm, it's not our machine. It's just uh, standard. But the interesting thing is that often they portray the, the blower door testing whereby you see like a builder getting really nervous in the morning and then the technician showing up and setting up this like spaceship thingy and, and then the builder gets really worried and then yeah. they get the result and it's either yeah. fail or pass. And that's not the way it is. We normally conduct uh, two tests. So we have a method a B test, which we normally run uh, during construction and that's in partnership with the builders. So you can imagine you design for an air tightness layer and then you install it and then you would actually bring the blow door to the building site to pressure test the building at that stage where you still have access to the air tightness layer and then right. uh, they continue with construction and once the building is completed, so including all the paint finishes and basically just ready to for people to move in, then we conduct another test which is method A and uh, so we don't leave air tightness to a chance in terms of performance. We actually do that in partnership. So the blower door tester normally works together with the designer and the architect or designer and also the builder to ensure that we all get the same outcome that we're achieving. That, that we probably want. doesn't make very good TV. Uh, it doesn't really, and that's for the drama. Um, <laughs> yeah. we, I was involved in the um, Grand Designs Australia uh, program, yeah. and they also tried to do that. <laughs> I tried to intervene. To create uh, some drama. Yeah, we, we used more like uh, um, uh, a smoke machine uh, uh-huh. to create some drama, uh, right. especially when you have um, – <laughs> if, if anyone who's listening um, wants to get involved or ever gets uh, the opportunity to get involved in TV programs, go for it. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, so the alarm, there's a few things that happened there. But yeah, we also just in the process of um, filming a New Zealand version of uh, Grand Designs, yeah. which is great with um, Chris Muller. So there's a lot of really interesting things happening and once you have something the blow, like the blower door showing up on on tv people start asking the architects designers the builders what this mm-hmm. is about and and then sort of grassroots up there will be people more interested in learning more about it too. yeah excellent mm-hmm. excellent um 
If people are interested in learning more, where, mm-hmm. where should they go to find out? Um, well, firstly, who, who should? And I'm I'm guessing that it's kind of if your building's going up and you've got your lining on, it's probably a bit too late. Yeah, yeah ideally, you want to um, start thinking about this uh, during the design process. I mean, new build is always much easier than than retrofitting, of course. Yeah. But what we see now is that we have a lot of architects and designers in New Zealand who are actually now specifying a blow door test to be conducted um, as part of the quality control. Yep. And uh, one of the interesting things that we see a lot of blow door tests done, yes, of course, to verify the installation of the and the performance of the air tightness layer, but also to verify the in-situ performance of uh, windows and doors because what we see is that sometimes these elements are knocked on during transport and uh, by just looking at uh, a window piece, you don't know if the seals are still sealing very well. Mm, but as soon yeah, as you right. do a blower door test, you use identified and And that's, again, where you need to do this in partnership with the window and door supplier. So they should be on site while you're conducting the blower door test and actually then they can adjust the windows and doors. Right. And Because uh, in the end of the day, you spend all this money on high perf- supposedly high-performing windows and doors with double glazing, low E, triple glazing, argon, xenon filled, whatever. But if you have an air gap, um, well, you lose the energy immediately. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just a verification all around and, and yes, good form of quality control. One thing that I was just uh, thinking, uh, we're just in the process of setting up um, so like a dedicated uh, website for Blower Door uh, in, in New Zealand. And I think one of the things we're going to do on the website is have like a little ranking. So the most airtight building tested. Um, right. So we're going to maybe have a little competition running around. I have to say that I have to track back a little bit in terms of saying that New Zealand is about, you know, 25, 30 years behind international best practice. Yeah. I personally tested a house in Taupo, um, designed and built by Kim Feldberg. He's originally from Denmark, and um, he actually literally he designed and built this horn house, and it's the most airtight building I've tested so far worldwide from my end. Not really? Not the most airtight building, but the one that I've tested. Wow. So um, that was phenomenal. Uh, and it was just typical New Zealand construction, um, a few tweaks because it's also a certified or well, he's going down for being a certified passive house mm-hmm. but um, architecturally um, I think yeah quite appealing it has a sort of round features in there half tower uh, not the standard box that you'll find as a passive house yeah right very good workmanship very yeah, yeah. detailing and he really followed those three principles by designing mm-hmm. installing and verifying it nice mm-hmm. um now you've already you've already got a list of uh, lower door providers and uh, supply uh, or testers on your on the Proclima website, haven't you? We do have. So if you just go to Proclima, it's P-R-O-C-L-I-M-A dot and um, you'll find a tab where you can just scroll down and find uh, a lower door operator in your region. So we have uh, op- operators throughout the whole country. And same for Australia. Uh, Yes, unfortunately, our Australian website is um, still in updating. Right, okay. <laughs> so uh, if anyone in Australia wants to have a contact for for a uh, blower door operator in Australia, if they can maybe in the meantime just send us an email to welcome at proclima.com.au and nice. we can just refer them to the appropriate uh, person in their yep. state. Now, 
I, you've, you've mentioned um, semantics with uh, TV, uh, but I can imagine you, there are some pretty crazy stories from uh, what people get up to with um, pressurising and depressurising houses. What, what are some of the craziest, uh, most interesting um, examples you've seen of people using blower doors on, on buildings? Um, I think residential, there's some quirky things by, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fairly straightforward, really, residential testing. But where it's getting really interesting, and I guess where I'm really at home is uh, commercial testing. Uh-huh. So like large volume buildings and, um, yeah, I think maybe an engineer's dream would be test something like Tapapa <laughs> in Wellington. That and how be- would you do that? Well, I mean, what's the largest you can do? Oh, there's no limitations. Uh, we just need to get the air volume moving, and um, to just just on that note, uh, not too long ago, um, some of our colleagues in in Germany actually, they had an entry into the Guinness World Records book, yeah, uh, whereby they um, had a building that had, I think it was about nearly 1.4 million cubic meters of volume, so um, decent sized building. That sounds very big. It is. It's a distribution center, um, right? Yeah, and that was built new, and that was supposed to be built to uh, basically passive house standard. And I don't want to go into detail, but with large commercial buildings, we uh, we're more interested in the Q50, not the N50. The Q50 uh, basically looks more into the volume to surface uh, ratio, because with large volume buildings, you can get a very a very low N50 very quickly. But this one, right. oh, so for commercial buildings, we look at Q50, yep. and uh, similar basic requirements, but um, you know what they were aiming for was to to get a reasonable air tightness level, and they actually installed, for, I think, from memory, thirty different fans, uh, and uh, to just get the air, air volume, they they built a trailer just to for the power supply for really a whole one, and uh, one of the I think it was um, I think it was Christian Rosemeyer. He, he's the owner of the engineering um, consultancy um, office that was doing it. The, the, the company is actually called Q50, so engineering um, uh, office Q50. He had a little, like a little uh, skateboard with a with a motor on it, so yeah. one of these electric ones, so you can scoot from one side to the other. Because <laughs> I think the building was about 200 meters long, and going backwards and forwards was a bit of walking. So he actually had this little scooter. I think if you go to a website called Blower Minus Door Minus Weltrekord. It's a German spelling, so it's W E L T R E K O R D dot D E. You will find um, video clips and all sorts of things, or just look for World Record Blower Door that will bring up. Oh, quite I'll a few put things. up a, a link because uh, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite a stunning um, visual uh, image of. Because you have to network them, don't you? So you have to have all these blower doors that are all connected together and operating at the same time to, to yes. get the pressure. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So you need to, uh, you need really need to make sure a you know what you're doing, and then yeah. uh, being very very detailed and very methodical, just going through step by step. Um, and yeah, I mean, and you also yeah, need to no know someone who, who's got thirty blower doors. Oh, we can provide them tomorrow. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's no shortage in fans. Awesome. Uh, that that's one, but the skill skill set. So if there's anyone actually out there who is interested in getting involved in blow door testing in New Zealand and Australia, if they could just get in touch with us, um, that would be appreciated. Awesome.
Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, certainly much more simple operation if you want to get uh, some testing done on your own home. Um, it was a couple of hours and, and one, or, one or two people on site? Um, when I started doing blower door tests during university, it was normally one professor and three students and the whole day. Right. Uh, these days, uh, if you yeah, you should be able to do maybe two or even three tests with one person per day if the buildings are relatively close by. So it's very sophisticated these days. Nice, nice. Hey, well, thank you very much for your time, Thomas. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, we could talk about this stuff for for a long time. It's it's, it's great <laughs> to have the opportunity to um, dive into the detail of a, a specific part of building performance and. Um, We've got some other issues that we can discuss and other topics that would be great to cover mm-hmm. um, further down the track. So we'll, we'll definitely get you back uh, or some of your team back to um, mm-hmm. discuss some of those. Yeah, great. I appreciate being on the show. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you. Thomas Van Ramstock there from Proclima. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, fantastic to have Proclima on board as a sponsor for Homestyle Green along with Nudora. Check them both out, Nudora you can find at energyefficientbuilding.co.nz or nudora.com. And Proclima, you can find them here in New Zealand, Proclima, that's P-R-O-C-L-I-M-A.co.nz or their Australian website, proclima.com.au. I'll put all those links up in the show notes and you can find uh, links to their pages on the, uh, on the sidebar of the Homestyle Green podcast uh, and website as well. Thanks very much for listening. Love to get your comments, feedback. We've got some great discussions uh, and in some of the comments on recent blogs. And that's a great way to carry on the conversation over at homestylegreen.com. And, of course, like us on Facebook. You can contact me via Twitter. I'm also on Google+, LinkedIn, and uh, probably a few other places as well. That's it for this week. Um, thank you very much for tuning in. Go make a better place to live.